Good evening, wherever we are. Welcome, everybody. Uh, welcome to I Like to Movie Movie. I want to open up just by saying sorry about last week. We had, um Yeah, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty, and we lost a very good episode talking about Face Off. But I hope you favorites. enjoyed the uh, the 17-minute abridged edition. <laughs> but uh, in lieu of that, we brought back last week's guest. So we do have uh, Mikey Garcia back with us. Welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Cool. And as always, I am Dan Scully. I'm Garrett Smith. And we are getting ready for our upcoming show, which is Movie Movie Live on November 20th. That is this Thursday. If this you Thursday. To this when I release it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it'll probably be out on Sunday. So happy Sunday, guys. Enjoy yeah. the uh, end of this lovely weekend. Indeed. It's cold, right? Anywho, so uh, we're, we're doing uh, all Nicolas Cage movies for our live show, which is at Philomoka. I'm yes. just going to throw that out on there Thursday in case you want to go. It's $5. Like $5. APM. And uh, so we're gonna we're tonight we watched the movie that netted uh, Nick Cage his Oscar yes. for bet for best actor, best actor like the award of the night yes. for 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 did, actors. Did he, I, I wanted to ask this: Did he win that again for adaptation, or was he only nominated? I think he was only nominated. Okay. But uh, yes, Leaving Las Vegas, uh, not to be confused with Honeymoon in Vegas, <laughs> his other movie about Vegas that's a zany comedy with Sarah Jessica Parker. No, we're talking about the really fucked up. Uh, independent filmish kind of thing, I, I had guess. I've never seen this before. From, was it 95, I believe? 95 yeah, sounds right. Elizabeth Shue. Uh, I had never seen this before, and I gotta say, it was way more fucked up than I imagined. Mikey, you need a thing, I can tell. Just grabbing a pen. Oh, a pen. Uh, yeah. For notes, you gotta be professional. Yeah, you know? of course, of course. Gotta represent yourself well. <laughs> That's why you wore that sweater. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a great this joke. This is for, for the, the listeners at home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, oh, what was my quietest garment? <laughs> yes. No rustling. Oh, it was, this movie was. <laughs> <laughs> I never even think about my clothes in terms of what kind of noise they make. This is podcast wear. This is all corduroys. That's a good move. I'm always in windbreakers. Yeah. So 1995 was the year I was looking for. 1995, Leaving yes. Las Vegas. It was way more fucked up than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a very realistic portrayal of, of what I imagine somebody literally drinking themselves to death yeah. would be like. Can I mean, uh, I, so we always spoil movies immediately on our show. That's just a thing that happens. So can I ask this right off the bat? Is, are we supposed to believe like he definitely just dies at the end? Like that is sort of oh, yeah. what's implied at the end? Absolutely. I, the, yeah. The way she's talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And then, okay, so that's that actually brings up something I really wanted to talk about. Uh, maybe is a good way to get into this this movie and how it works as a movie. What do you guys think about the convention of her talking to? I assume a therapist of some kind, maybe. I guess it yeah. doesn't have to be a therapist. I don't think it matters. I mean, it it might not even really be happening. We don't right. know. It, it could just be a representation of her internal monologue yeah. with herself. Yeah. It could be a therapist. What do you guys think of that convention as like a like a way to tell a story? In a, to in the a people movie. at home listening, if you haven't seen the movie, I mean, yeah, of course, go see it. But what it is is that between the narrative of the story, it cuts to Elizabeth Shue talking slightly off camera mm -hmm. to somebody, and it seems like therapy. Yes. Uh, what what I found interesting about it though is her first therapy session. She's laying down, yes. and it looks like a therapy session. We mm -hmm. only see her from the shoulders up mm -hmm. at any mm -hmm. point, and then as she befriends and works through with uh, 
No, I can't think of his name. Not uh, Nicholas Cage. Ben, yes. Ben, uh, ben Sanderson. Sanderson. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> she like suddenly gains He's her a posture back. Too. Can you imagine that? Yeah. By Ben Sanderson. Declan yeah. Quinn. <laughs> and uh, he, he, uh, and she. The second time they show her, she's like sitting up. Yeah. Then, like by the third time, she's positively bubbling. Mm-hmm. And you know, then of course by the end, it's. The it's setting kind of seems to change behind her a little bit, too. I think well, the camera the pulls on. out. That first one is yeah. so close on her face. And then when she sits up, you actually get from the chest yeah. down. By the end, she's sitting foreground, and there's, like, the bright window behind her. Yeah. It's and an the same outfit? Uh, and, or is it I implied that this is a weekly appointment? I think it's, a, I think it's implied that it's a weekly Im- appointment or just a, a yeah. sporadic uh, appointment because she says things, like, in the first one, she says, like, how last night I went looking for him again. Yes, yeah. And then it cuts to the next night when she does find him again. Right. So mm. I think it is intercut. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, but it's also blended, too, because sometimes she states something that happened and then it, it plays sort of a, as a flashback mm-hmm. or it, she describes what happens and then it moves on to what's next. So, I, yeah. you know, it's a very loose, like, framing device. Yeah. It's hard, I, I wouldn't even call it a framing device. No, it's not because yeah, it's, they, the movie is not framed around it at all. It's In a fact, touch. Uh, it's about just halfway a touch. through, it stops happening. Mm-hmm. I, re- I realized at a certain point that we weren't really getting any more of that. Mm. Uh, they may have brought it back again towards the end. I they brought remember. it back at the very end, yeah. The ve- oh, the very end, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was like a long stretch of the movie towards the end where they did not uh, bring that up, whereas mm-hmm. uh, earlier in the movie it came up somewhat frequently. Um, I- and I guess for anybody listening that maybe uh, listens to these without watching the movie, it, it is you can describe this movie in like two sentences, really. It's literally about a, a, a man who feels like a, a failure, I guess. And no, he's a complete failure. He's a failure. Yeah. He lost his wife and his kid and his job and goes to drink himself to death in Vegas. And he lost it due to drinking because yes, he yes. loves booze. He, he loves it. He he's, loves it. Uh, in, in fact, he seems to get something out of the drama surrounding his alcoholism. There, there seems to be something he even gets out of that. Uh, and and he, he goes to Vegas to drink himself to death, meets a hooker there, played by Elizabeth Shue. Uh, falls in love with her. From uh, Hollow Man. Uh, <laughs> lovely. The lovely Elizabeth Shue. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, she was great in this. Uh, yes. And, Almost uh, as good as in Hollow Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and, and it's it's really the story of their sort of whirlwind love affair in Vegas as he's as he's literally drinking himself to death. It's not even a love affair; it's like a weird codependency. Yes, absolutely. Because totally. he he loves the idea that that I mean he he's accepted the idea that he's an alcoholic and he yep. wants to die and he's yep. happy with it. He's yep. contented because he's good at it. Mm-hmm. He's really good at drinking. He can do it. Mm-hmm. And she's a prostitute who. Is constantly saying things like, oh, you know, things can be bad, but it's not that bad. Because mm-hmm. she genuinely enjoys being a prostitute in so, c- because she's good at it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it at one it's, point she says she's really happy with where she yeah, is. She yeah. loves her life. I yeah. Well, I, we could talk about that, though. I'm not certain. There was something uh, I think sadly funny about that scene to me because I, I didn't necessarily believe her yeah. when she was saying that. Yeah. I think she's... She's one of those where it's like, oh, this isn't what I thought I'd be doing. But, you know, I guess it's the ins and outs I'd, of any job, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, like she's come to terms with what it is and yeah. accepted yeah. it. And she's happy enough with it, I think, is, mm. is maybe the point. And but she's fucking good at it. That's the thing. Is she yeah, has job I satisfaction yeah. and that she's good at it. I, I do she think talks she about does how she has satis- like a distinct yeah. pleasure knowing that she can just turn it on and be whatever any guy or girl needs. I, I get the impression she's being honest when she says that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that necessarily means she's actually yeah. um, happy with... with Because uh, if she was, I don't think she'd be so willing to serve a man that wants nothing from her but to be served as he kills himself. Mm-hmm. You know? 
Well, actually, I, I want to jump back I to... Mean, I mean, am yeah. I wrong? I mean, yeah, I think no, that I really think is... When we talk about the, the, the... We called it a framing device, but it wasn't, of of just cutting to her therapy. Yes, yeah, yeah. In the middle, kind of like as the third act melds into the ending, um, that stops happening. But it's at that point that the movie starts just being her story. Nick Cage is absent from the movie for probably about 20, 25 minutes while we go through a particularly horrible day, day and a half in her life. So we don't get the recap because we're actually seeing it from her point of view. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think that once he gets to Vegas and meets her, that pretty much this becomes a movie about Elizabeth Shue. I was going to say that you know, as soon it's, as it's we more got her to movie, Vegas. Yeah. I realized it immediately. We, we, we see soon, the end of his story, really. As soon as we got to Vegas... It stopped being his movie altogether. Yeah, he was check in with him. He was of. like a figure that just sort of moved in and out of her mm. life, mm. and we spent much more time learning about her and, and what her life was like Ooh, in Vegas. It's pretty easy to resign yourself to the fact that oh, he's going to do it. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I to mean, him. he says it five minutes into the yeah. movie. I'm going to drink myself to death in Vegas, mm. and, and and it's interesting because like I, I guess I kind of knew that's what this movie was about going into it, so maybe that's why I bought it so fast. But yeah. like. I did really believe him. This wasn't the kind of movie where I was like, oh, that'll be the story and the drama of this movie is how, yeah. like, the you know, it, it's going to be Pretty Woman. This hooker's going to help him get over his drinking problem and, and become a better person. I, like, I believed him and knew right away that, like, oh, that is what's about to happen. Like, this yeah. guy is just going to go drink yeah. himself to death in the desert, you know? It was too steep of a downward trajectory yeah. to just be yeah, saved. Right? Yeah. Like, and then all you got to answer, you got to ask all the te technical questions about, like, withdrawal from alcoholism. Like, yeah. Yeah. He could still just die from that. There's, oh, I mean, it becomes a lot muddier. Absolutely. And this movie, I, I've never seen a movie go so in depth into sort of the the physical addiction that um, alcoholism, I think, can become. I've, I've never seen a movie really depict it this strongly. Yeah. yeah, and he's good at that stuff. I mean, he, I mean, That's he absolutely Nicholas deserves an Oscar for this. He's he's really good at that stuff. Yeah. He's a great spasmer. Uh, he, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, honestly, yeah, he yeah. is. Like, <laughs> he is, he's well, he's legitimately very good at like controlling his body in yeah. very like strange motions yeah. that that we were talking about this before that like you you can literally you he can is spastic spastic is the word <laughs> yeah but it's <laughs> this controlled spasms yeah Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what he is but we talked about this before you can a his, yeah his performance is almost identical movie to movie you can kind of <laughs> yeah. you can kind of look at nick cage and go like he's it's the yeah. same thing movie to movie but it's just like some directors yeah. know how to plug that into like the right character in the right story yeah. I think and it makes same. him amazing yeah and other directors don't know what the hell to do with that. <laughs> in a so weird way, he's Mark Wahlberg. It's a very difficult instrument <laughs> yeah. to, to play. Yeah. Did you guys yeah, know how to play Nicolas Cage? Yeah, we tried. Yeah. He's, oh, I, w I wish I was Dude, more he's like of Mark a Wahlberg like so that. I could just reference like the most difficult instrument yeah. to play right away. But. You can put Mark Wahlberg in, in into a movie where he's just garbage. Yeah. And, he, and, and it's not because he's not committing. <laughs> he's just like Nick Cage in that he fucking is committing. He's giving you everything Mark Wahlberg has but to then, give you know, every time. You put him with David O. Russell. Garbage. Like, <laughs> Isn't that He's Mark little... Wahlberg? <laughs> like, what's going on over here? <laughs> but uh, the same kind of thing where he, uh, you know, with the right director, the right role, suddenly he's transcendent. It's it's unreal yeah. what he can do. You know, departed. Yeah. Yeah, Departed mm -hmm. was unreal. Absolutely. The yeah. fighter is awesome. Yeah, but you yeah. know that's David O. Russell. That's Scorsese. Sure. Yeah, you know, and then when you watch like the big hit or Fear <laughs> or I don't know, I can't think of a bad one now. Oh, the happening. You could. Oh yeah, that happened. Yeah, well, because oh, that's not a movie. That's that's a collective <laughs> cultural nightmare that we all kind of half remember. 
and it's just agreed upon that we don't move on. I just manifested it. Yeah. The, the internet manifested the happening for There's us. There's literally a scene where a guy yeah. goes, check out what happened together. today. Yeah. And he holds up his phone, and then the camera moves in on the phone, and then we watch the scene that they're watching in their phone through their phone. So yeah. I think it's a very strong argument that we may have imagined this. Yeah. Here's the other thing. I will defend the happening. I kind of like that movie. For for reasons that are probably I would like to hear that. That might be proper. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only now. sentence on this podcast that's ever drawn just complete silence. <laughs> I'll throw it out this way. There's a filmmaker named Larry Cohen who used to make weird environmental horror movies mm-hmm. and they were cheap and they were B grade and they were stupid mm-hmm. and they were effective. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what the happening is. Mm-hmm. It is cheap, it's B grade, it is stupid as shit. But there are scenes that you go, ooh, that is genuinely unsettling. Ooh, that is shocking. It's just schlock done with a modern sheen and with a skewed expectation because we all wanted Shyamalan to do Shyamalan's downfall is our fault. Yeah. Because we pe- we pigeonholed him into something that he wasn't, and then mm-hmm. he tried to fill it. It's the same thing we did to fucking Dane Cook. Yeah. And every, literally everybody. Yeah. You know, it, it just happens to everybody that blows up. So yeah. I think the happening, I'm not going to call it a good movie, but I think it is defendable as something you should watch. That's a fun game for a future live movie movie. Defend the happening as best you can for a minute. <laughs> and people compete to justify the happening. Two kids get shot in the head ex- <laughs> with shotguns and they explode and it's gruesome. You cannot tell me that that movie is saying, take me seriously at any point. <laughs> And and Shyamalan is on record as saying that was his intention of doing that kind of a thing. Now, who knows if that's backpedaling? But whether it's true or not, it's accurate to me. I'll probably never watch it again, but I suggest seeing it. It's it's worth it. It's a discussable movie. So leaving Las Vegas where (laughs) Nicolas Cage... Hey, you wanted to hear it. I I put it out there and I stand by it. Fair enough. And it also very well could just be a collective nightmare we all have. We don't know. I have plenty of dreams that include both Mark Wahlberg and Zoe Deschanel. It, can, it happens weekly. So who knows? You know, I can't be the only one. You know, it's, it's crazy. I had a really night, like a nightmare the other night with Zoe Deschanel. It was called The New Girl. It was terrifying. Oh, I hope that's not a real show. Because, oh, a nightmare. <laughs> Okay, leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> uh, I, I I don't know how I feel about that that convention though of her her talking off camera. I do feel like that's one of those things that's like this. Although I guess, I guess it is one. Of, we watched uh, uh, Dan and I watched Nicolas Cage's acceptance speech for the uh, the Oscar oh, the other night uh, for this movie. And, you know, it's uh, it's not really worth watching. Nothing. Uh. We we were anticipating something like hilarious and yeah. interesting, and it's not. He just thanks a lot of people. <laughs> uh, but he does like reference like how cheap the movie was to make. Yeah, three point five million. Yeah, his speech was something about like. Ah, uh, this just goes to show, like, you don't got to spend a lot of money on a movie, uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Because it was not made for that much money. And so, like, I do kind of get when you're like, this movie was, I think, very impressive for a cheaply made movie. There's a lot yeah. of locations, you know, yeah. like, uh, there, there's a lot of different locations that it's at. It's a, um, Vegas, you can get, like, different scenery so exactly, quickly. Yeah. yeah but um, it's all Las Vegas, like. Mm. And shot very well, too, actually. It looked, uh, yeah. particularly Dan and I were, were commenting on, uh, 
the scene where they're out at the the desert motel, uh, sort of at night, and the reflection of the lights of Vegas are coming yeah. off of the pool yeah. as she's oh, like yeah. laying on his chest. The iconography of Vegas is something that we all understand, but Vegas is is a hu- it's like this huge town in the middle of a desert, but it's not like everyone lives on the Strip. There is right. like an outer culture yeah. around it. It's so it's just wild, but it's always iconic because that strip is just in the middle of the desert yeah. and there's universally like, yeah. present no matter where you are in Vegas. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even Reno, the pretend Vegas, yeah. that is just like, we can see Vegas from here. <laughs> everybody lo- and everybody loves a good casino movie. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I love to see the, yeah, the casino is great. Uh, and actually, you know, there were only a couple casino scenes in this, and the one where he flips the table was was a great scene. I, I, yeah. I, I really well, that was uh, th- this is a very creatively directed movie because that scene was shot entirely in the reflective mirror on mm-hmm. the ceiling above where it was happening. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole lot of that. Like it's unabashedly a, uh, it, it's trying to to be like kind of noiry, mm-hmm. but it's also like this is this is the early '90s where this is '95, so like there's there's. This is immediately post Tarantino. This yeah. is immediately post Kevin Smith. This is the whole Spike Mike Slackers and Dykes, yeah. all that stuff. This is when that was an explosion. So like people were trying to make their movies like, hey, look at this how movie it is. Mm-hmm. But it also had the the like uh early nineties like sex thriller yes. thing yeah. to it. But this was just the indie version of that. Uh-huh. And uh I don't know, I think that's cool. It is kind of cool. Yeah. And it's, but I, 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 like the year Nick Cage won Best Actor for this movie is the year after Pulp Fiction won like Best Screenplay. That's true, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like the, you, if you think of that film landscape, there's like this weird like almost anti Hollywood DIY thing. Oh, Even for in Nick sure. Cage's speech, the first thing he yeah. said was like, you know, oh, you know, thanks for this whole thing. You know, it's a cheap movie. Thanks for loving that. <laughs> and he you said know. something like the the one quote that I thought was really funny from his acceptance speech. He said like, I know it's not hip to say, but I really like acting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like acting and I like explosions <laughs> and protecting treasure. <laughs> I'm going to do a whole lot more of those explosions from here on out. <laughs> All right. Where is Nicolas Cage's Oscar? <laughs> right I, I think it's like, it's the it's the joystick. <laughs> it's not the joystick. The the gear shift on like one of his many cars. I'm certain <laughs> he sold it years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's not like in the topmost tower of a castle in <laughs> Romania, <laughs> unlike a velvet hexagon. <laughs> he, he probably, I can picture him like in Perpetually his like, long hair season of the witch haircut and it's like storming and he's up front just you know like playing an organ. But haven't we also <laughs> like you've told me that he's not even like like acting is kind of sorry we're getting away but like act, no, no, acting's his point. day job sort it, of like yeah. he does act he acts to fund this lifestyle. Yeah. So it may I just be like experiments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you experimenting? You wouldn't understand. The world's not the world's not ready. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. He probably he's got it's just an electric toothbrush that comes out of the feet of the Oscar and he just smiles in the mirror and brushes his teeth with it. How it turned into an electric toothbrush. <laughs> Practices faces. faces. (laughs) He's getting ready for face off too. (laughs) It's gonna be him and Morgan Freeman this time. It's gonna be crazy. That would be a good way to get used to acting uh, in opposite of yourself. To act into the mirror. When would you need to act opposite yourself? What do you mean? If you're in face off. Yeah. Oh, if you're in face (laughs) off. 
Uh, well, if you, you had keep, your face keep, actually, yeah, because they well, well, not if you were in we all know that that's <laughs> if you actually had your face. Yeah. No, that's a lot of John people Travolta. don't know that uh, they're method actors, both yeah. him and Travolta, so they actually had face-off <laughs> surgery. Right. And luckily for them, Colm yeah. Fior is yeah. also a method actor, <laughs> and he knows actually knows how to do face-off <laughs> surgery. But what we're saying is they didn't need to actually switch their faces; they could have just practiced in the mirror. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> They, and honestly, for the movie, like they really at that point it was '97. We had the the technology to make it look like we did that without actually doing it. Yeah, you know, the, we had the computers. It could have attended the Oscars as the other one yeah. that year. <laughs> John Travolta, no love for Face Off. Nick Cage, second Oscar for Face Off. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, let's let's segue that right, into this. Sure, uh, yeah. In Leaving Las Vegas, in order to get ready for this role, Nick Cage would get drunk and film himself. <clears throat> And then he would watch the tapes of how he was drunk so yeah. that he could act like that when he was not drunk. Jesus, so he did drunk. a pretty convincing, like, drunk, I thought. It, oh, it was absolutely. not, like, um, over the top in the way you could imagine something like this being. You know? It was, like, real. It was tragic. It, yeah. It felt, yeah. Although when the, the when the hooker in the beginning sucks his finger and takes the ring off it, yeah, that was I've never I didn't even know that people could get that drunk and remain conscious. Like, oh, did you hear how he was talking. Was super, yeah, yeah, that was that was the drunkest maybe you ever see him, except yeah. when he's in the bed dying. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I I agree with you. That was strange. But maybe he got that drunk on film. I'm, he maybe I maybe explored know, that. He convinced. I don't know. I was convinced. It, it, it was strange to me, but I was definitely convinced. I, yeah. oh, yeah. I was like, that, maybe that happens yeah. at higher levels. Yeah. Like, well, you got to think like, I, okay, well, actually, he, when I went to a, Vegas. He's probably got a tolerance, too. Like, if we think oh, about absolutely. that character, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. Everybody in this room, I think we can all admit, we've been at a point where we've drank every night for a week. Yeah. And got crazy. We've all done that. Yeah. There is a point in that, like I, when I went to Vegas, they make you drink all the time. That's mm -hmm. just the way yeah. it is. There's a point where you wake up in the morning and like you're definitely still drunk, but because you just woke up, yeah. that's your new baseline. Yeah. yeah. And so it just constantly goes up. So when you're him and you've College been doing it long like enough that. that it caused your wife to leave you, lose your job, like mm -hmm. this is many years. Mm -hmm. You know, you you get fucked up yeah and, and actually he, tolerance yeah. it gets lower when you get uh when you become more of an alcoholic it works backwards oh really that yep it works backwards your tolerance lower like for chronic alcoholism oh. mm -hmm. your tolerance goes down so your liver is getting easy so for him yeah you're just up. you're yeah. you're pickled you know so Ugh, that yeah. is like a nauseating yeah. thing and that's like a thing that that i noticed and they do this in every movie they do like whenever a character's like chugging hard liquor no. the audience has that physical reaction of like oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we've all like done that and seen the consequences yeah. and kind of it's just a like a like we were talking about for face off. It's like a gut level reaction. That yeah, you have. absolutely. I mean, I, I, I even think like I don't think I've ever chugged out of a liquor bottle. I can't even imagine doing that because even if I just do a shot, my I have a visceral yeah. Full body reaction. Oh, which yeah. I, I know, like, makes me sound like a real pussy. No, but, no, like, no. I have a you full, feel it down to your toes. I yeah. have a full body visceral reaction yeah. when I do a shot. So, yeah. like, anytime you see somebody, like, do that chug thing, you're just like, how? Yeah. Like, what What have you already done yeah. to your body that it's able to accept this right now? <laughs> oh, to, yeah. To Ugh. body watching another human ingest poison. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 That's I mean yeah that's interesting this movie is literally it's you watching someone poison themselves and metaphorically and po poisoning the relationships around them and oh yeah 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 
Yeah, the the codependent relationship at the center of this is like fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, very hard to watch, I think. Actually, um, so sad. Yeah, yeah. It's just really I mean, sad. she literally she has like the saddest life, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, and it's which is a little hard to say because she's certainly choosing it, mm-hmm. right? Like, to some extent, um, but it, it, it yeah. There, I mean, there were scenes where I was just like, you know, what was crazy about this movie? They did a really good job of making me because I was commenting earlier in the movie. I was like. I was I was like some of this is kind of funny like I like that yeah. Cage seems to get what's funny about how crazy drunk this character oh, is yeah. you know yeah. like he seems to understand what's funny about that in in well, a way I think if you're a drunk like I a lot of what you do is about <laughs> laughing off yeah. and there's a point where that's charming oh yeah yeah and then there's a point where it's too much exactly and you see shades of of the Nick Cage that was charming that we don't see in this movie but there's shades there and mm-hmm. it's a testament to his performance in the script yeah that that you know you see shades of this guy that was actually probably pretty remarkable sure He's a yeah successful Hollywood screenwriter mm-hmm. wife kids all that stuff and it's just gone but yeah he still you can tell he kind of romanticizes that in him still but mm-hmm. just can't do it yeah kind of like knowing an actual alcoholic like you mentioned during the movie but like when you first see him you're kind of like oh this guy's kind of like fun and yeah, crazy yeah. you know and then as it gets more and more you're just like oh jesus christ like yeah. you just watch him destroy themselves over and over again oh, yeah. which is mm-hmm. you know a lot like the real experience like you mentioned mm-hmm. yeah yeah no it's true and it, it the <sighs> It, it, he he portrayed it so well because like you the thing that was crazy to me is you they actually successfully get you to like both of these characters yeah uh, early enough that yeah, like early. you you are able to sort of stomach watching them just sort of tear well, each we've other all apart made bad the decisions inside, they know? just seem to be people who were normal people who were victims of poor decisions right. that got the better of them you know but they like, weren't as strong as they'd hoped we wouldn't as an audience even be able to sit through an hour of this let alone two hours of this if like we didn't even remotely like them oh, you yeah. know what i mean like it's crazy you that, generally like, you, you genuinely do root for it's weird like i i you root for him to get better you root for him to die it doesn't matter yeah you kind of just root for him to find peace Mm -hmm. and like because that feels deserved and it's weird because you know that he's kind of a piece of shit but it's weird that that we like these characters yeah it is really strange that we like these characters but they somehow pull that off as and it's even weirder that they pull it off because it's not like it starts with either of them at a good place. Yeah. Both of them start at a bad place as soon as the movie opens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they do like I don't know, they some I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like they're likable performers, so yeah. we get on board with them. Uh see any well, of their backstory really? Not a lot. Be- before a certain point. Actually, I think that might be the key right there. Because if we don't get any backstory from them, we're not really put in any place where we can make any judgments about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we don't know enough. Yeah. We know that she's the hooker. She seems like a very nice lady. Mm-hmm. She seems like she likes what she's doing, mm-hmm. and she talks you know, about she seems like she times. can kind of <coughs> handle the danger. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he seems like a guy that had it, lost it, and you know, is just addicted. You yeah. know, like it's. Yeah. But we don't know. We don't know too much. Yeah. And so, and and, and you know, that's why I think like. Um, even the scenes where it gets gratuitous. I mean, there's a scene where the, a literal knockdown rape happens, yeah. you know, to to the to uh, uh, Sarah, and uh, you know, then there's scenes where you know uh, Sam. Sam is it? No, his last name is Sanford. Sanderson. Sanderson. Yeah, ben Sanderson. Ben, ben Sanderson. Yeah. Ben. Ben with an N. Yeah. Uh, ben Samson. with an N, where he can barely stand up. He's eating ice cubes because he has to eat something, but. You know, we see these awful, horrible things, but there's no there's no vantage point from which to judge them. 
so I, I you know I think the gratuitousness actually works in that. That makes sense. You know, like the 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 gr- gratuitousness of those scenes <clears throat> almost makes you like them more because it just you you, you feel bad for them in a way. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, but I love the whole idea that that with no background there is no place to judge them. Yeah, you haven't yeah. seen Nicolas Cage really happy until he meets mm. Elizabeth Shue, and then that's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And have you seen? You haven't seen really her happy until they until they cross right. paths. You haven't right. seen either of that's them. That's true. They're just yeah. And then whenever they're not with each other, it's the saddest thing. Yeah, you know. But that, I mean, that's what was so sad to me though is that when they're with each other. They are happy. Yeah. I guess, you know? Yeah. But like, they're not, it, it's still super sad. Like, yeah. he's not treating her that well. She's clearly like starting to really fall apart. Well, if you think about the, uh, the therapy sessions, yeah. the first one before she meets or like has any time with Nick Cage, yeah. she's just telling the therapist, like, I'm fucking good at what I do. Yeah. You yeah. know, I like doing this. This is amazing how I feel when I do this. Yeah. So she's like into that life. Uh-huh. So. Whether it's good or bad for it, he fucking throws a wrench in the machine yeah, just by yeah. showing up, you know? I know. The tone changes there. Well, and that I, I wanted to talk about that, too. I thought it was kind of interesting the way this movie sort of <coughs> plays like a... Uh, you, you, you sort of commented on this while we were watching it a little bit, Dan, like... Um, Sort of a like a drunken fever dream. Mm. Uh, it, the movie just fades in and out of different scenes. Uh, it sometimes fades between scenes that are happening not even necessarily concurrently, mm-hmm. but they kind of comment on each other. So it'll just give us like a few seconds of one scene, fade to a few seconds of another scene, fade back to a few seconds of the previous yeah. scene. You know, well, it fits with being on a bender because you don't. You don't go places. You just fucking end up places, right. and then hope that you end up at home. Right. And like that's kind of what the the narrative, at least until it breaks into what her life is, which is still episodic like Even that, but it's less still so. Like that. When it's with Nick Cage, though, I mean, it's very episodic. Yeah. I mean, there's there's one scene where you really see him behind the wheel of a car, and it's it's kind of funny because mm-hmm. he's he has a great stare down with a with a oh, cop, with that cop right that after he's just scene. literally chugging a bottle of vodka and after being thrown out of a bar. As soon as he yeah. drives away way um that was a great scene um the yeah they i i just thought it was sad the whole time because you know what i mean like oh it's so sad even the happiness they bring each other is only happiness i feel like they're trying to convince themselves of yeah if that makes sense they're so desperate each of them for something Mm -hmm. their bar for happiness is so low yes yeah he's admitted defeat he wants to die yeah Yeah. he likes to drink Mm -hmm. and he'll just do it until he's dead Mm mm-hmm you know, that's like that's that's a loss. She's resigned too. Like she, totally. she doesn't seem to have any plans for the future. She budgets for therapy, so she clearly she's not trying to like get that fucked up emotionally. Yeah, she's trying to keep herself intact. She but, does yeah. seem like a real person like that. She really does come off as like a good person. Yeah. Who's oh yeah, just totally. done the wrong thing. You yeah. know. And honestly, there are far fewer, far worse ways to get along than than by being a hooker in Vegas. If you're gonna be a hooker. Yeah. The safest place to do it is probably in Vegas, at least nowadays. Just saying. Oh, I know. Now I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 nowadays, there's a lot yeah. of laws now like uh, surrounding that and stuff. Uh-huh. It's legal there. Yeah. Um, the, it's so funny. The families are on vacation there. I, yeah, yeah. I really oh, regret yeah. not having that experience as a 12-year-old to look back on. <laughs> you know, Going to Vegas? Yeah, going to Vegas like with my family. Oh, when yeah. When you walk yeah. down the street, dudes have cards that they just hit on their hand, and they yeah. just stacks just phone numbers with hookers on them. Yeah. Now, you don't get that hooker. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. call it, and then it's just like a, a service. 
But that's what I brought back for souvenirs for everybody from Vegas was just those cards. How old dudes were you just when hand you did them that? to uh, I was 24, I oh, think. Oh, so old enough to like yeah. notice the... And I should be clear, we didn't buy any hookers. That's, <laughs> just, uh, that's, that's not, that's hey, not my style. In, uh, you know. I mean, if you want to know what happens <laughs> in Vegas, I saw Penn and Teller. It was wonderful. <laughs> um, I saw Cirque du Soleil. It was great. <laughs> um, I won a, we, we won a contest for being the loudest at the bar. <laughs> like it, was, it, was, it was a good time. Good time. Swam at the pool. Listen to some Jason Mraz, grand, grand times all around. <laughs> Drank booze out of a out of a guitar that holds booze. It's cool. I've never been to Vegas. It's fun, yeah. but like it's like I don't gamble. That seems like way too much for me. We went for five days, and yeah. honestly, the best way to do Vegas, if I were to say so, is is <laughs> be be rich and make like a three day weekend out of it, where you just go and hang out. Because yeah. it's I don't know. If you don't gamble, there's nothing to do but drink and look at shit. Which <laughs> hey, hey, great, <laughs> you know, like yeah. awesome, yeah. cool. But you know, there's not much to see. It's not there's no landmarks. It's completely a manufactured in the middle of a desert, just a town sitting there. Yeah, it totally pretend. Yeah. You're like, I oh look, those it's forced it's, drinking things. I would hate it there. I think it's yeah. bad news. Yeah, you know, a lot of buffets. That's great. I mean, almost as a necessity. I did see this. This is the coolest thing I saw in Vegas. I'll throw this out there. I saw a a dwarf dressed as a leprechaun screaming at a full-size woman who was like dressed super sexy because I'm guessing he was the boss of this casino and she was one of his employees. And he's just flipping the fuck out over some shit. And it... Like kudos to him for for maintaining his thing because people were just walking by like, oh shit, <laughs> including us. Like that's fucking nuts. <laughs> and he's just still going like, I, you know, I. Somebody's got an I said get more video. toner for the printer or like whatever he's talking about. Uh, I feel like an animal in a zoo right now. You're <laughs> making this worse. I don't know why I didn't do this inside, <laughs> but I gotta stick with it. Takes down the hat and stamps on it. <laughs> his change falls out of his pocket, and it's all God coins. Damn it. <laughs> We're like, oh no. no, it's just tokens from there. <laughs> but yeah, Vegas is a den of sin. So if it's where you're gonna go to drink yourself to death and bang uh, hookers, do it. Not, We're not only is this hookers. an HR issue, but I'm highly embarrassed. I decided to do this on the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is out on the fucking street. It was so. And you know what's funny? I actually know what I was drinking at the time. It was the worst thing in the world because you're allowed to drink on the streets. And so this is the first time I ever saw a Budweiser Chilada. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a giant tall can. I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, it looks cool. And I just grabbed it. It's Budweiser and Clamato. Yeah, yeah. I've had which is Clamato is yeah. uh, the auto comes from the tomato so juice. Gross. Uh-huh. And the clam comes from clam juice. What do you mean a Clamato? Clamato, Clamato, you know, <laughs> let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you say Clamato, I say Clamato. What we should really be saying is, can you get me as far away from that Clamato or Clamato as fast uh, as possible? In Vegas in the hot sun, it's yeah, like lukewarm Clamato. It's, it's actually like, it It wasn't awful, but when I was, I, I just looked at it and was like, oh, it's like one of those canned margarita things. And it's, <laughs> I'm three days deep in Vegas. And I grabbed it, it's yeah. just like glug, glug. Wow! No! <laughs> oh, there's a midget yelling at a it's lady. It's like a recovery <laughs> drink, right? People drink it with. I guess yeah. I don't know. It, it was just. It was. I mean, it wasn't disgusting, but it was just not <laughs> right. It wasn't right. <laughs> it wasn't disgusting. It was just horrible. It's not it was wrong. It's like scary. Drinking for a wa- for a period of days. <laughs> it's ugh. Although Nicolas Cage ordered the Bloody Mary, he did. She questioned his decision, and he flipped the table over. 
And that was his thing. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned it. His I, trigger. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating. That this movie. So he halfway about halfway through the movie, we uh, find out probably halfway through the movie he says out loud to her like she's basically like, "Hey, I'm in love with you. I want you to come live with me." And he's like, "Why the f-? rightfully so? He's like, Why would you want that?" <clears throat> You like you've spent a little yeah. bit of time with yeah. me. Yeah, you yeah. know I'm an alcoholic. Like, yeah. why would you want that? Yeah. And she doesn't even really have a good explanation. Uh, I think actually she's very honest. She's just like, I need this. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I'm, I'm just needy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I have to have something right now. Uh, and when she's fresh out of a, a mob relationship. Yes. Yeah. That it's and it's it's like weirdly suggested, but uh, it's definitely that she got away and her her pimp man just got yeah, a hit taken yeah. out on him. That's like crazy. Yeah, and so th- that's like barely in money. focus. That's yeah, exactly. what it seemed to be. He owns some money. That's why he's trying to pawn all that stuff. Well, what was interesting was he blamed her, and so the hitman finally came because he didn't pay. That's right. what I thought, and that was an interesting scene. I forgot about the pawn scene because yeah. Nick Cage comes in and pawns his watch and gets like nothing for this wonderful watch yeah. and just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. That's a wild, like, yeah, you see, you see like, her two line. paramours, if you will, against well, that was, one another. To yeah. come back to something I was saying before really quick, that was part of the fever dream aspect of it that I liked was uh, some of this movie felt like, again, like almost like a worse movie. There was a lot of um, um, interesting sort of happenstance, right? Like, he crosses paths with her before he actually meets her yeah. on the street, right when he gets to Vegas. Yeah. Uh, he crosses paths with her pimp on accident, never even knows that he's done that, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so there's all these interesting little, like, coincidences that happen, mostly because, which I think is actually really fascinating in this because it's this, like, drunk fever dream, right? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it is sort of like, do those things happen? They might, they might not. Like, I could see this almost being, like, his recollection of these events as much as they're hers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, maybe maybe these things happen. Maybe they don't. Maybe these people cross paths. Maybe they don't. It's almost like memories folding in on memories because you're too drunk to remember what happened when. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Well, one of the other things you said about his trigger that, that, that jumps right, into I that get back is, to this, um, yeah. when we were watching it, I think I remembered, and correct me if I'm saying it wrong, that you said it felt like that in a worse movie, yes. before this started... They would have had a scene with One of the with first with the trigger. We would have saw was his trigger, and so then what that brings up how bad his yeah. alcoholism exactly. Is. We don't get that. We get the end of it, and so this actually is kind of like Face Off, where it's like it starts at the end of another movie. Yes, and so we just kind of see the end of his movie and the end of her movie, yep. yeah. and so they're both in that like you know post breakup, uh, just slump. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like yes, that that absolutely. kind of a thing where it's just ah, I got to do something. You know, like yeah. ah, uh, I. I gotta shake it up. This, something's yeah, something's gotta, gotta happen. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to relate this. You've seen High Fidelity, right? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he's talking about how he dated uh, the one girl that was played by Lily Taylor. Yes. And they had both just gotten through a breakup. Yep. And he's like, oh, and it was nice to just share a bed. It was something. It wasn't yeah. big. And then she's like, oh, I met somebody. And he like freaks, freaks out, out like that. Yeah. They're like in that. They're in that uh, that segment right yep. now in their lives. They both just like ended something big mm-hmm. and don't know what the fuck's going yep. on. So it's they're they in that lull together, yeah. They need a little they're almost like the rebound guy, rebound girl for each other yeah. in a situation that's not literally that. Right, that's right, that's right. what I meant to say. That's the point I was trying to get. That to- that totally yeah. makes sense. Uh, yeah, and I, I just I thought that was fascinating that they don't like they don't even talk about his trigger until like halfway through the movie. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like we see him harming himself a lot. Yeah, and we know that he lost his wife to this. Yeah. Right, and he loses his job to it, and we eventually find out he had a kid too. We see a picture eventually. So, mm. like, he's lost a lot from his alcoholism. Huh. Now, that's not to say that you couldn't lose all of that just from being an alcoholic, like, just yeah. from being the way he is. 
But I feel like generally you got to push it a little further than that to really lose all of that. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? To truly lose all of those things, th- th- there has to be that moment, that thing, that yeah. big event that makes it all oh, come yeah. crashing down. Nobody right? calls me chicken. Right, exactly. Yeah. There's got to be that moment that makes it all come crashing down. Do they do they make it clear what the order was? Did he lose his family because of the drinking, or did he start drinking because he... He literally says that. Oh, he, he does? Li- he literally yeah, he at does. some point okay. says, oh. I don't remember... If I started drinking because I lost oh, yeah. my wife, yeah, yeah, it's when she's I... it's when she's sucking the ring off his right, finger. Yeah, he's like, I don't know if my li- my wife left me because yeah. well, I don't know if my <laughs> wife left me because yeah. I drink. I mean, he literally asks himself that yeah. question. So I don't know. We don't really know for sure, right? But yeah. I feel like a worse movie. That is what happened, right? Yeah. Like in a worse movie, he definitely like she was like, you need to stop drinking. He was like, fuck off. Yeah, punched her something. Yeah divorce yeah and we now we start our movie right because we need to know that this is how bad his problem is yeah instead this movie needs us to like him a little bit in order for us to take this journey to his death with him Mm -hmm. you know what i mean as he like just destroys himself in Mm -hmm. vegas so we don't see that we don't know about that we don't even know it till halfway through the movie when she's like you should come live with me and he's like no, that's a terrible idea. And she's like, why is it a bad idea? And he's like, okay, we'll do it. Yeah. But you can never ask me to yeah. stop drinking. Yep. And at first, it's almost innocuous. You know what I mean? Like when mm. he first says that, you don't even necessarily put two and two together. Like, oh, that must mean something bad happens when you yeah. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of almost think he's just saying like, that's why I would leave you. You know mm. what I mean? Like, you're like yeah. I-, I like you and what's going on right now, yeah. but like... I. I'm here to drink myself to death. Yep. So if you tell me to stop, I'm out. We're yeah. done. Mm. That's kind of what I thought he meant at first. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, someone tells him he can't have a drink, and he, in a, in a great scene, like loses his mind immediately yeah. and flips a poker table, breaks a yeah. bunch of glass. Like, like really, yeah. it's intense. And it's kind of crazy, too, because the when he does that, it's, it's, a, it's a waitress. Yeah, yeah. When it's this dude bartender... Yeah. He kind of like he goes the other way and he does like the uh, you know like oh I'm sorry but you know yeah. I'll be out Let of your hair. Let me have this one last this. time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 even when his boss fires him, like in his boss, yeah. that's yeah. that's heartbreaking because the boss is like you know hey we really liked mm-hmm. having you on the team, so you can tell they've had this conversation before, yeah. Yeah. and it's been one of those things where they well, probably just, went the route of trying to get help and it didn't work because he just says I'm sorry. Well, and that's that's the point I was gonna make when he says to him like you know. What are you going to do? And he just goes, I'm sorry. And it's yeah. kind of comical. It's kind of pathetic. But, Weakness. you know, you, you get the feeling that he's been in this yeah. conversation yeah. a couple times and that a I'll get help won't work. Yeah. But he can't flip out on this guy because he respects him. But like the waitress, yeah. the hooker, you know, he's just going to lose his shit. Yeah. You know, it's it's just well, the dynamic you know that he's playing. It's crazy to me that he knows he'll lose his shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, his character was so... He's so in, resigned. He's in completely in acceptance. Himself, yeah. Even yeah. though in tune with himself meant being in tune with this main, like sort of maniac behavior. You know what mm. I mean? Like he, it was really both characters actually were extremely in tune with like the decisions they had made, where they were in their life, where they where they probably were going. She actually doesn't she say at the end of the movie like we both knew we didn't have a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was just crazy to me. Like I, I thought that was really interesting, and it actually like gave me this weird feeling of like, this is gonna sound weird and maybe too personal or heady, but like it gave me this weird feeling of like as I'm getting older, like I feel like I I am starting to see the world that way where I used not to be able to see that. I I used to not be able to look at this this like bigger picture and mm-hmm. go like, well, this is what I am and 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 what I've done and how I've gotten here. 
But like as I get older, I I do start to feel the sort of weight of time and see the larger perspective of like oh, yeah. the decisions I've made and what I've become and who I you know what I mean. Mm. And it, it gave me this weird feeling when these characters were so honest with each other about who they actually were and the, and the bad things they might do to each other just by being around each other. Mm. That like maybe that is one of these sort of sad things about the human condition, which yeah. is just like. The older you get, the more conscious you become of yourself. And if yourself is not actively trying to improve, like yeah. you're just going to become more aware of the the sort of the the downward spiral, like how broken you are. And and, and well, I think both of them before the movie started both lived a life that, for completely different reasons, they were in the character that is like socially villainous. Yeah, you know, like. Maybe not as much now, but still, still some, you know. Uh, but in 1995, like prostitution, bad news. Right. If you're a prostitute, you are just the bad element, yep. bad yeah. seed. Get on out. Yep. Uh, you're an alcoholic. You bum. Get out of yep. here. Boom. You're not. You know. Now it's okay. It's a disease. Now it's no. They're sex workers. You know. It's it's a different. It's a different vibe. But and even so, that what I'm talking about is still there. You know, at its core. But oh, yeah, sure. it was just you know, ah, dirty, grimy prostitute, yeah. shitty mm-hmm. alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So like these are people that that. You know they know that they're bad. They get told that they're bad. Yeah. They are. This they are the picture would call shitty of bad yeah. news. Yeah. But there is just a shade in each of them that's like this didn't happen. Nobody wants to be this. No, right? Yeah. You know? And so they're humans. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a movie that really humanizes like you those go down into their worlds. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Which is fat. I mean, it's fascinating actually. You know what I mean? It's it uh, definitely got a little hard to watch at a certain point. I think like it, it really did become very intense. I think to to have to go on the stream. I think it's it gets heartbreaking because there's a point where Sarah says like what she sees is like, ooh, this is my chance to be kind of maternal. Mm-hmm. You know, take mm-hmm. care of this guy. You know, turn him around, and it, it's a projection. Turn herself around. Mm-hmm. If she can save him. Mm-hmm. She can do anything, mm-hmm. you know, but it's at that same moment where, you know, he's just like fucking hell bent on dying. Like, stop yeah. enough. And so, like, I, I think that is the general to me. The, the story of the movie is that um, should I put it, you know, that that he, he makes it very real up front that he's committed to this. Mm-hmm. And so then we follow her story of trying to change it. It's not going to happen. Then they mm-hmm. fall apart. And then, of course, when he dies at the end, the very last thing he does is call her to say, I just need you near me. Mm-hmm. So, like, in a way, like, you know, they did fall in love. It is it is a love story. So she, her her faith in it was not unfounded. Yeah. But it's also his faith in his own determination was just, you know, that's, it's futile to try and stop that. Mm-hmm. So that, that, to me, is the story of the two clashing ideals. But in a way, it's a, it's a give and take because, you know, they both kind of got what they wanted. Yeah. yeah. that That's what I mean by it. Oh, I'm just rambling. <laughs> well, they're both using each other. They both, they said yeah. that. Exactly. And Towards the beginning of the movie. Mm. Yeah. That was a really sad scene actually where she turned over and she was like, I'm just, again, that was an, like, that's exactly what I was talking about. Where like how honest they actually are, mm-hmm. not just with each other, but with themselves. Yeah. Like the fact that she was able to just immediately recognize, like, I'm not doing this because I even really actually like this guy. Like, I'm using him and yeah. I'm saying it out loud to his face because I, I know it that much. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, even the, the lady who ran the, the hotel, uh, oh, we were yeah. talking about her. I uh, like that scene. That was a great scene. Yeah. And she's of the same thing. And, and she's not what we would think of we're as a villainous. We're talking about the desert hotel where, yeah. where oh, yeah, he the falls desert through hotel. the table. Yeah. Yeah. After, yeah. okay. So, yeah, Nick Cage causes a scene. And uh, falls through a table, and so uh, Elizabeth Shue's cleaning it up, and the 
presumable caretaker, manager, some worker yep. at the hotel, some owner you would think yep. comes up and is kind of harsh and is just like, listen, don't worry about it, but get out. Don't come back. Yep. Mm-hmm. This is not a problem. We'll call it even. You yeah. know, pack, yeah. pack your shit and go. She's like stern, but she's polite. She's stern, but yeah. she's polite. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, when that happened, I believe, Mikey, you were like, ooh, she was yeah. on. And it, it was almost like she was villainous. Yeah. But here's a woman that we would say is actually living the clean life. Yep. Yep. She runs a hotel. She does that. And so when you see her as a villain in that, and she and she does play as villainous, it's purposeful. Yeah. It's you know that's that's when it becomes clear to me that it's like ah you know what it's just all a matter of circumstance. Yeah, you know I no no one's a villain. It's just you know where did you come from? How did you see it? Yeah, and it's it's different. You know yeah. and that's and that that to me is is if is we were wild. if we were watching the movie that was about that hotel caretaker, they would just be side characters that were only in the movie for 60 seconds that mm. that everybody ruined, hates that ruined yeah. the table and were antagonistic to this woman that we <clears> were <throat> on board with yeah. and, and you know mm. we were sort of uh, it, trying to see things from her perspective right yeah. so that's sort of what this movie does with characters yeah. that we probably have like a lot of trouble tr- trying to see from their perspective which yeah. is really fascinating that it, it kind of successfully gets you to do that mm. yeah and it's their it's their escape out there, and they can't even stay there. Like that's right, really I the know, happiest yeah. part of the movie, yeah. for them, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's really for when sure. they're at their happiest. Yeah, and then his drinking ruins that. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. it's really a movie of getting them getting kicked out of different places. I mean, really, it's, it's called Leaving Las Vegas, yeah. right? Even though, like, oh uh, yeah, I was always, even I was though it's about him that getting to La- it's like about him getting to Las Vegas and staying yeah. in Las Vegas and wanting to die in Las Vegas, but it's mm. called Leaving Las Vegas, right? Yeah. So it's it's like a he wants to he wants to leave this life from from Vegas. He's leaving Las, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and, yeah. and Las Vegas is a great representation. And I think that I what think it might be. Become, you know I think what I mean? that's a, like a. I want to say that leaving Las Vegas is is like an airport term for like you know now leaving Las Vegas because mm-hmm. that's that's literally the only way in and out of Vegas unless you're mm-hmm. going to drive through the you know desert roads. Yeah. So, but I, I, and I, I think that's it. He wants to be leaving Las yeah. Vegas. You know that's well, that's but, where he or wants what to if leave. we think about it this way? So like Vegas is like sort of this representation of of sin, right? Of yeah. of, of just like the 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 sort of the ills of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, where where you can just go do whatever it is society says like don't do it stay away mm-hmm. from it and it's like accepted to some extent uh, if that's the case and that's what his life has become right and he's accepted that like I my life has literally become this life of sin mm-hmm. I just I've I've chosen this path at this point it's the path I've gone down I've gone down it so far I just have to keep going down it until I reach the end and I want to reach the end I want to be on the other side of Vegas mm. and there is no leaving Las Vegas by getting on an airplane and getting out of Vegas. Mm. He's far surpassed that. Mm. The only way to leave Las Vegas is to just get to the end of the road. Right. Like mm. maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's leaving Las oh, Vegas. Yes. Isn't there one line where he says like, he says, why are you killing yourself? And he doesn't even remember. Oh yeah. He that does say that, that is, yeah. It happened so long ago. It just set in motion this lifestyle for him. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't even remember oh, why. Yeah. His life has just been a downward. Yeah. But he says, I, I think I, there's a follow-up line because he says something to the effect of like, I, I don't, I don't remember, yeah. but like, I, I know I want to yeah. do yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I know for yeah. sure I want to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like memento. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to get another tattoo <laughs> and a gin and tonic. <laughs> Uh, it, 
yeah, that, I, I think that's it, actually. I think that might be why it's called Leaving Las Vegas, because I think, like, L- Las Vegas is supposed to represent, like, what his life has become, and he wants to leave yeah. that behind. But the only way to do that is to kill himself. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way he's going to, the to edge. do it. Yeah. And at the same time, like, she, at this point, at least as the movie ends, I'm pretty sure she'll be leaving Las Vegas, because she no longer has a pimp. She no longer is allowed yeah. to stay. Yeah. Actually, you, want, you know what I want to see? You know, movie's probably great. The movie about the couple that is the landlord at, at Elizabeth oh, Shue's place. Yeah. Just them yeah. living in their little condo, discussing how they should get rid of these new people, mm-hmm. and also probably being a bit of a bickery couple, mm-hmm. would be something that I could watch for you know twenty minutes or so. <laughs> I, I would I would watch that that short film unless they he's a scientist who invented a ray that shrunk his kids, and then you could watch it for what like two hundred and seventy minutes. I would I would watch I would definitely watch at least ninety minutes of that, and maybe another ninety minutes of them making a, a huge kid. Yeah. Or what if they accidentally shrunk themselves <laughs> and it went directly to TV? I wouldn't watch that. What if I enjoyed? <laughs> what if that was the one I enjoyed almost the most as a child because I loved Rick Moranis that much? Wait, wait the uh, the we shrunk ourselves. ourselves. I've yeah. never seen it. I mean, it might be good. I don't think I've seen that one that's, either. I mean, that's the one where Rick Moranis is the star. Yeah, that's <laughs> like true. Like the actual star. Uh, that was the. Uh, oh yes, I have seen. That. <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater. Ah, oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Mine was Ninja Turtles. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. That was that was probably my second or third. Yeah. yeah. And that's it. Actually, I believe that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, if I remember correctly, I think it's directed by the guy who did Jurassic Park Three, Captain America. Joe Johnson. Uh, the Rocketeer, Wolfman. Yeah, I think it's Joe Johnson. I'm the gonna Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Yeah. Is that Harlan Williams? No. What are you <laughs> thinking no, of? Me. You're no. thinking of Rocket Man. Rocket Man. <laughs> Rocket Man. Uh, yeah. I love Rocket Man. Listen, I'd like to take a quick detour from this podcast to talk about Rocket Man if for a few minutes. If we can make The Rocketeer with Harlan Williams, though, that's the best movie you could ever make. <laughs> this is amazing. Actually, I'd like to see a Pee-wee Rocketeer <laughs> of just him rocketing around like, ha, <laughs> like tickled to no end. That's the second time it's happened to me tonight. That's the second time you've confused Rocket Man well, with the no, Rocketeer. The, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jerky Boys. The oh, jer- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, I'm really not doing myself any favors. Not representing myself well. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a porno version called Honey I Fucked the Kids. No, no. no there's not a porno version of that. I that would wouldn't really be legal, hope guys. Not. Joe Johnston, indeed. Joe Johnston, that's funny. And guess who who's wrote, coming to dinner? Guess who wrote the story Stuart Gordon Stuart Gordon Brian Yuzna those uh Stuart Gordon wrote Reanimator Oh that's right I was Brian Yuzna like, directed name? Reanimator 2 and Reanimator 3 I don't know who Ed Naha is or Tom Schulman but that says a lot about Honey I Shrunk the Kids I wonder if it if was supposed to be their, their crazy metaphysical horror, horror movie. movie and it just got turned into a kids <laughs> actually think movie. about that I like know. that's exactly like oh a scientist creates a ray and, and it shrinks, shrinks his people. own children and then there's ants that yeah. rawr, and they gotta hide in a Lego yeah. Holy um, shit, I've imagine how terrifying that would be to be sitting in a giant bowl of cereal about to be eaten by your dad that is that is like not played for comedy <laughs> that is the scariest thing I can think of yeah. played for comedy hilarious yeah. It's, oh man! 
What if hiring Rick Moranis was like the biggest mistake they made? Like they were on track to make this great like new horror movie, like but but like in the vein of Gremlins, that was like yeah, yeah. kind of family oriented, uh, and then they hired Rick Moranis and it turned into the greatest family comedy of all time. Like it just lost all of the horror elements. They put him in and he held up like a magnifying glass yeah. and it made his eye look big and they were like, "Whoa, everybody, wait a minute, that's hilarious. <laughs> You're good at that." And then they just based a movie around gags where Rick Moranis. And he did it, and every, all the crew just started cracking yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as he walked out of the, any scene, he wasn't yeah. even supposed to be that big of a character. But as soon as I saw that, we're like, we need more of this guy. Strap him into that fucking harness thing and get him to wander around the grass. Like, but we just built this ant. We'll use it. We'll yeah, use yeah. it. That's crazy. So leaving Las Vegas, huh? <laughs> that guy did kind of look like Rick Moranis. You're right. You're right. I mean, yes. You're right. Well, I, uh, enough about the fucking story, those jerks. Um, the movie itself, the way that it was made, uh, a, a, I, a thing that came up a lot was sound editing. I was going to talk about that because uh, uh, Mikey uh, had a great comment, which we might have lost in the last episode, actually. Mm. Uh, when we sat down to watch Face Off, he was asking, like, well, what? Uh, uh, he was asking questions just about the, like, uh, I don't know, liking movies as much. I don't know wh- how uh, it started. It was like being able to appreciate movies. Oh, right. On, on like sort of these, a, like, littler elements. Yeah, or not, yeah. You know, I don't know if they're littler. But, right, right. Yeah. Uh, and you were like, I don't, I don't know anything about sound. Like, I would mm-hmm. never notice a sound cue in a movie. Yeah. And immediately we were commenting on sound cues and face off that you were like, I get it. Yeah. Uh, and yes. this movie uh, actually had a lot of strong sound editing. I thought, like, it had this great jazz score. That was not diegetic, but did some interesting, uh, I guess not technically diegetic things, but just reminded me of, you know, diegetic music. There was Mm. like this one part where uh, Nick Cage sort of like, he like hummed a tune out loud Mm -hmm. and it was the exact tune you were listening to in the, in the music that was just orchestrated in the background. Mm. And I'm, I'm 100% positive that it wasn't because Nick Cage learned the song. I'm certain Nick Cage just did that while they were filming the scene and then when they were scoring the movie, they I were mean, like, cool, we can, you know, we'll, we'll craft the song. I think that's very that. likely. But I mean, it's also, you know, I think it's also equally likely that that they just had him hum the song. Yeah. And I, lined I get, it up, you know. But I mean, at the same time, I don't know. I get the, the impression that was melody? the score. Because uh, that's the thing. Like, like it, it did happen at the exact same time, which is what made it so cool and notable. That's why Which I is what makes it. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, at the same time, like, I don't know if we could say 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it it can and has happened other ways, and it even just could have been I'd, a, I'd be a wonder a wonderful accident. Yeah. yeah, I'd be willing to bet that that was orchestrated because there was so much orchestrated. There was like all these great yeah. little moments of like <clears throat> he went to turn his car on, and you heard what sounded like an engine turning over. Oh, yeah, but, it's the but it was brushes. actually the brush stroke yeah. from yeah. the song that was about to start. Yeah, mm. um, there was a scene where he was talking to somebody at a hotel. And they were writing something, mm. uh, and it sounded like you know pen marks. You know, you heard like the oh yeah, and it's brushes, <laughs> it's just the brushes yeah. of the the song that's about to start. So I do think that there was actually no, a I, lot. I of absolutely think it was definitely cues. like a score. Yeah, and, and a lot of scores do that too. Actually, to tell you the truth, you know, it had like a really good uh, depiction of how they do scores in movies. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, totally. Yeah, that actually like described how they do a lot of it. They yep. just fuck around over the you know over the thing. So. Especially with jazz, it is very likely that someone would whistle, and they'd be I like, have, "Oh, I'll just jam on that, Daddy." Yeah, I have a feeling that that's that's uh, what they did, and that that gave the movie the. I think it just contributed to that sort of dreamlike quality of it. And it also had a cover of Jackie Wilson's "Lonely Teardrops," done by the wonderful, wonderful 
Michael McDonald. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> it's, uh, but that song says to me, like, okay, there are elements of this horrifying movie that are meant to be comedic. Yes. Because yeah. that, that song definitely speaks to a weird image of Vegas that I think is meant to be comical. Another one like that is when they're they're in the mall and, and he says that, act, like, he actually says the mean thing to her, right? He like, he, he gives her the earrings and it's very romantic. Oh, and he says, yeah. like, wear these while some guy, like, pushes your pa- your face into a pillow and yeah, fucks you yeah, at night. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then while she sits back up and is just, like, so surprised and saddened that he said that, there's this weird mall music and yeah. the sounds mm. of kids opening presents and playing. Oh, yeah. That, I thought, was put together really cool mm-hmm. from a sound perspective they do that a lot like uh even in like the the hotel scenes when they would talk to one another between like the very slow dialogue mm-hmm. the music would swell mm-hmm. and like not not necessarily the music composition would swell the volume would just come yes. up yep. so that it would fill it so it was just constantly like mm, came in and then it was out yeah. and so it is that like dreamlike kind of thing you it's know it just drone-y. feels you know yeah, how yeah. when you're like hung over like things yeah. just kind of buzz yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what i mean like in yeah. and out of your bright your, yeah yeah it kind of just had that feeling to it. Yeah. I felt like, mm. uh, and surrounded by people that aren't fucked up. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The oh, the movie had ton. I mean, that was kind of what you were trying to describe with that mall scene. The movie had a ton of stuff where it was just like you're watching these two characters try and live what they consider to be a normal life yeah. in a world that it, that does not want to see them. Yeah. As part of their world. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? You were watching things like kids opening gifts in like a, a mall food court yeah. while he's like clearly wasted drunk yeah. and she's got like a black eye from the, you know, the whoever she was with the night before. Yeah. Uh, there was like those those nuns that you would see in Vegas. Uh, standing on the street as they're having like a conversation somewhere. It was like all of these weird, like sort of like, oh, they are really out of place. And the neighbors, the neighbors neighbors. are the perfect example of that where they're like, oh my God, imagine if you saw a guy passed out against your gate and then a woman come out and say he's okay and bring him inside. Yeah. And then she comes like beat up and walking fucked up later. We're normal people. We're like more closer to those. Totally. I mean, we like to think. Oh Yeah. yeah. You know? But it does make you think like you'll definitely take a second look at like really down and out people that you see on the mm-hmm. street after that mm-hmm. movie, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody wakes up wanting to be a junkie, you know. Like no. that's right, that's right, not something right. that that you go do. Yeah, it's yeah. something that that happens as a result of a poor decision, mm-hmm. you know, and exacerbated by other things. But yeah, so it's it's just weird, you know. Yeah. Everybody was somebody's you know baby at some point. Yeah, and y- you you almost never get that in real life you know you don't you only know a few people from when they were babies mm-hmm. so you know we just see these villains and we just gotta hope you infer some sort of uh you know we have to like them somehow mm-hmm. so yeah you I think pass that's the by trick like this movie. 150 ben sanderson's when you go to atlantic city every time mm-hmm. just like oh, maybe yeah. without a little bit less of an illustrious backstory mm-hmm. but there's so many guys there maybe not killing themselves but just so down and mm-hmm. out and fucked up and sometimes it's just nicholas cage yeah sometimes <laughs> he's just going he's just playing craps he's like daddy needs dad, daddy needs ghost rider three he's just he's just literally trying to light his own head on fire like <laughs> drunk behind a casino somewhere nick that was a movie yeah. that was a movie i don't know what's real anymore <laughs> 
Are you a movie? Are you a movie? That's the new movie with Nicolas Cage. Are you a movie starring Nicolas Cage? He's lost it. Are you a movie? Is this a movie? What is this? A documentary. <laughs> I've decided to make a movie about my life. This is my life. What is this? Is this a movie? Am I making this? This seems like one of my movies. Yeah. I really want to kill this guy, but I can only do it if this is a movie. <laughs> I only bought those castles because I thought it was in a movie. I never stopped making Season of the Witch up here. I'm pointing at my head, guys, when I do this impression. I'm pointing at my head. Now, I think uh, I think that... Uh, Let's look up who Nicolas Cage was. I woke was up on up the against. set of Season of the Wish again last week and remembered it was my house. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. That's funny. The last thing I Googled was the lamentation of the women. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget who Nick Cage was up against at the Academy Awards. Oh, right. It was actually pretty interesting. Look at that. Uh, oh, I know man. Anthony Hopkins for Nixon was That's one right. of them. That's right. That was one of them. Um, uh, who else? 1995. Who else was up that year? We just watched that speech, so we got to see everybody else, and we were like, whoa, crazy. Uh, we're getting to Wikipedia. I can't remember one of I can't even remember one of them. I'm actually really curious to see if Elizabeth Shue got any love for this Oh, movie. yeah. Was she nominated at all? Because she, she was, was really good. She was great. Let's see. Leaving Las Vegas. It's gonna take me a while. I'll talk about some stuff. He well, I uh, the, he I feel like he got nominated for the and maybe uh, tell me if you guys agree with this. The physical performance is like really what got me about him in this movie because yeah. or maybe uh, you know I guess I'm also thinking about that in the context of like yeah it's she, now got, 2000, she got nominated she did. Uh, I'm seeing it in the context of 2014 where there's been like 20 more years of Nicolas Cage movies yeah. since then. So maybe at this point in his career, like. We maybe you just wouldn't be as aware. She was nominated for best actress. It wasn't even best supporting. Awesome, which is That's awesome. Cool. Yeah, because honestly, this is her movie. It is her I movie. I mean, he's really just a factor that throws a kink yeah. in her life, and actually, I believe in the end helped her yes. break that cycle. Yeah, you know, if if it took oh maybe it's about her leaving Las Vegas. Exactly, yeah. she's getting out he of Las Vegas. He helps her leave Las Vegas. Yeah. He sacrifices himself. Yeah, not for her, but yeah, yeah it kind of has that effect. Yeah, yeah, interesting. All right, let's see who he was up against. Um, uh, fuck, I forget what I was saying now. Elizabeth Shue's movie. Uh, no, before no. that, before yeah. we, before we hop. Well, as his train. life gets worse, Good shoe gets better. <laughs> you know, that's what it seems like to me. I mean, she has that downfall with the. She has that, I guess, bad moment with the high school kids, right? But it seems like he's pushing her towards a better track by. Killing himself. Mm. Uh, I don't know, because she does start to seem to... I mean, she gets to the point where she almost asks him to stop drinking, even though yeah. she's seen what happens and yeah. he's told her not to. Uh -huh. So I think she actually gets to a point where she cares so much it is really difficult for her to have to watch him huh. do this. Yeah, I'm on Nicolas Cage's uh, uh, Wikipedia, uh -huh. and his real name is amazing. What is it? Well, his, his, real, his real name... As as we all could assume was Nicholas Coppola because he course. is a Coppola. Yes. But his middle name, anyone want to take a guess? Leslie. That's actually very close. <laughs> really? 
What, what is the venture, I guess? Dennis? Not, not so close. His name is Nicholas Kim Coppola. Whoa. K-I-M? Like, yeah, K-I-M. Nicholas Kim. That was Wesley closer than Dennis. No, oh, Le- I said Leslie. Leslie. Oh, Leslie? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I, it's gonna take me a while to find this. There, there's no way to word that list of who is he nominated against. Well, can you just look <laughs> up 1995 Best Actor nominees? Oh, you know what? You're right. <laughs> That's the way to do it. I'm like searching all these ways around Nick Cage. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if at at this point in his career, like it, it, this was like a whoa, look at what he's capable of. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because like with 20 more years of Nick Cage under my belt, I look at this and go like. Uh, like, what I would nominate him for in this is the physical performance. It's like a pretty amazing physical performance. He really nails like the, the sort of this this oh, yeah. extreme alcoholism. Yeah, and what that well, he looks, looks like physically it does to sick. a body. It yeah. looks. I like last night. I was watching the the Stephen Hawking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the one thing that amazed me about it was it just looked like that dude got ALS. Right. You know, it looked like they just gave an actor ALS somehow, and he just did it. Like this looks like Nicolas Cage drank himself to death. Right. Yeah. Like he just did it. You know, it's that it's it's real. Uh, and I gotta say too, nineteen ninety five is the wrong year because that was the year Forrest Gump was nominated. But you know who else was nominated for Best Actor in nineteen ninety five? John Travolta for <laughs> Pulp Fiction. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? Wait, why did we think it was 95? Didn't we look that up at the beginning of the episode? Well, the movie came out in 95, so it's probably 96. Oh, it's just that that gotcha. interested me, the John Travolta thing. That is interesting. He got nominated for Best Actor for Pulp Fiction. Yeah. And the guy, he's... I guess he's one of the, the more main characters. Okay, here we go. He is a main character, but I feel like uh, that movie has gone down with, like, when you think of Pulp Fiction, I don't think of John Travolta. I think of Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I think of Sam Jackson. That, I uh, think that's w- what the cultural impact was. Mm, honestly, I, for, in my head, when I picture that movie, I think of Bruce Willis. Interesting. But when I think of many things in my head, I think of Bruce <laughs> Willis, so it's okay. Uh, so when I this think of is, heads, uh, I think of Bruce Willis. <laughs> Nicolas Cage was nominated amongst Anthony Hopkins for Nixon, Mm-hmm. Um, Massimo Troisi for Il Postino, the postman. I, right. I don't know the yeah. one. Sean Penn for Dead Man Walking. Oh, right, yes. And Richard Dreyfus for Mr. Holland's Opus. That was, you're right, 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 right. And the award goes to Nicholas Cage for Leaving Las Vegas. And he did back handsprings all the way up to the stage <laughs> and then a backflip and planted <laughs> and then... Like, sorry, that's how I get around. And that Italian guy, like, yeah, he just smiled and clapped. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Gracious. <laughs> Happy to be there. He just pulled out his, like, cyanide pill from his tooth and just... Uh-huh. Oh. So I'm Massimo Troisi. <laughs> they, they do, like, the, the Oscar, like, in memoriam reel. And it ends with a really hackneyed Mass- Massimo Troisi, like, taped on. Uh-huh. Like, oh, the music ends and then... <laughs> it shows him, like, oh, the postman. Oh. <laughs> They show him dead in his seat with the ears. Foam dripping down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick's cage leans in, puts his arm around. <laughs> holds up his Oscar. Well, you were saying about Nicolas Cage's physicality, but now you've seen that in, like, all his movies. You know that he can do that. Yeah, like, well, because the, the thing uh, that I was commenting on before, uh, I think when we were watching the movie, uh, one, uh, actually a movie of his that I really like is um, uh, uh, Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, the, uh, mm-hmm. the Bernard Herzog movie. I, I like the movie a lot, uh, and he gives this awesome physical performance in that movie. His character is supposed to have had a back injury, 
uh, and has since started like has gone way overboard on the drugs that they gave him to like take I'm care of that. A common theme. Uh, <laughs> See, so that's a movie. That's another one we were talking about, like cheap thrills and stretch yes. earlier, where it's just dirty and mean, but it doesn't. Re- it, it revels in it. It doesn't like it all. It glorify. doesn't celebrate it. Yeah, yeah. there's no glorification. Uh, he, uh, Although one of the things I like about that movie is the question at the end of that movie is do the ends justify the means? Mm. Because he does uh, well. It, it's a spoiler to, to say anything else, but the, the question cool at the end movie. of the movie is do the ends justify the means? So to some extent, I guess they do celebrate it a little bit, but not really. Yeah. Um. Uh. Anyway, what I like about that movie is he gives this very physical performance. He, uh-huh. you know, because it is actually kind of a cheesy schlocky movie. Uh-huh. Um. But he like he does this thing with his body where it looks he looks like a man that's like afflicted with constant chronic pain in his body uh. through the whole movie. It's like, it's kind of awesome. Uh, and so I, I feel like, you know, it's that now that is a thing that like I recognize in him. I'm like, wow, even in movies that are like not that good, he's like, he is giving his all in like a performance and he's capable of like these, these big, huge, interesting performances. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you could was... ever accuse him of giving less than 100%. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be miscast. He might not have the right idea about a role. But like he, I mean, it happens to everybody. Yeah, sure. But he, he never ever doesn't just fucking go. Yeah, yeah. like go hard. Yeah, he gets wet, Andrew WK style. <laughs> Not even trying. Uh, so, but I, I guess so. I don't know. I won't, I'd be curious to see to like look at the filmography before this and uh. see if like is there like a distinct sort of like progression for yeah, well like i i don't know if i've even seen a lot of the movies that came i know like raising arizona was before this okay uh raising arizona is <laughs> a lot of physical work it i is. mean that's a downright slapstick yeah. comedy at a lot of points and he's very funny in it um, um I'm, just, I'm picturing the set of bad lieutenant where he's just like okay cut I did not know one man could be so crazy. Yeah. You are, per- <laughs> you, you are my muse, Cage. <laughs> May I call you Kim Copeland? Have you ever seen that movie, Mikey? No, I haven't there's seen this, it. Uh, there's this great scene, uh, spoiler alert, for in... Uh, in New- so the, the idea is... What the is fuck am I looking up again? Nicholas Cage's... Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, he, there's a scene where he... The, the idea is he's a cop that's investigating a murder. Uh, but he's like he's a bad cop. He's like he is has he's, he's a bad lieutenant. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's doing like real <laughs> bad shit. And where is he? Where is his port of call? Oh, uh, New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So oh, you've seen why. the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I I know that. One. <laughs> uh, and so the idea, that sort of the concept of the movie is like he's doing this awful shit while yeah. he's investigating this case. Huh. But then by the end of the movie... I think he's like a meth addict too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like addicted to a lot of horrible drugs. Because he sustained a injury in the line of duty. Yes. Okay. Uh, and they gave him just like pain prescription for it. Yeah. And that... It, that if, Basically, the movie opens with him getting injured. Yeah. Cuts to a doctor being like, take this. Yeah. The pain's never going to go away. But yeah. this will take the edge off. And then it just goes six months later. And he's like stealing hard drugs from evidence. Like, he uh, just very quickly, like, goes down wow. this road of, like, uh, and, and they sort of indicate in the beginning of the movie that he might not have been that good a dude in the first place. Oh, okay. Um, but the end of the movie, uh, spoiler, is he solves the case, and the only way he's able to solve the case is because he got a lot of information he wouldn't have had otherwise if he didn't do some really fucking horrible got shit yeah. to a bunch of people. Huh. Uh, so the movie ends up asking the question, is like, do the ends justify the means, right? Yeah. Because he solves this murder by uh-huh. the end. Um, but there's a scene where uh, he's like in the midst of this mob meeting where like one mafia is meeting with another mafia yeah. and it ends in like a shootout where they all just start like killing each other 
and like it ends with basically like only him and like two other guys surviving. Yeah. Uh, and and like the and like the one mob boss is like like just unloads a clip into this other guy to the point where he's just like pulling a trigger and it's just like click click yeah. click click. Yeah. And like and like it's the you it's all this tension like gets released and you're kind of like as the audience like oh oh. Oh my god! Yeah, and then like you see Nick Cage, and he's been on all these drugs this whole time. He's got this big grin on his face, and he just has this huge moment of of he goes like, "Shoot him again! His soul is still dancing." <laughs> Jesus, it's <Christ>. insane. <laughs> Pulls a gun on some old ladies. Oh yeah, yeah. He, but he, not a great. Was he a stares movie? at a lizard. Oh, I love it. Really, but, but it's okay. huge and like he just chews scenery and it's yeah. grimy. Uh-huh. It's really like. It's like a. It feels like a seedy, schlocky '70s movie, kind of. It feels a lot like uh, what's that other movie called? Bad Lieutenant. Yeah, with I mean, Harvey it, Keitel. It, it, it's, it's, uh, a rem- it's a remake-ish it's a, uh-huh. of like a Harvey Keitel movie, uh, and uh, it, it 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 is just I'm about you know, to blow your minds. There's a movie called Sunny, starring James Franco. And it's this. I'll just here's the quick description: an honorably discharged soldier returns home from New Orleans, hoping to break away from his upbringing as a trained prostitute. But his brothel madam mother has other expectations. Directed by Nicolas Cage. What? What? In 2002, Nicolas Cage directed this one movie ever, and I did not know. I thought you were going to say release date. uh, Expected release 2016. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to click over to Netflix, see if it's available. I bet it is. I mean, they got stolen. They can get anything. <laughs> uh, should we here while you're doing that, I will see if we can find uh, some negative reviews, because that's how we like to end. And I will sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine me and you. It's true. You think about you doing that? Uh, the this only right. is what is up on my uh, my phone right now. Because <laughs> uh, we were trying to prove to Mikey that it's the same movie as Taken. Yes. Didn't take much proving. It's 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 well, no, much because there. the poster literally describes the plot line, and it's the plot line <laughs> of Taken. Copied and pasted. Uh, leaving Las Vegas. What do you got? But not in Paris. Did they Wait. not have the budget for Paris? I want to take a guess at the Rotten Tomatoes of Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, I am having trouble getting it. I, to I know research. it. I'll st- stay quiet. You know it? Thanks. I think I looked it up before I came here. What's your guess? My guess? Yeah. But I just oh, I oh, looked you, it up. You know yeah. for sure? Okay. I don't know if I know. For, I know it's good. Okay. Yeah, I got it here. What are you What are you guessing? Well, um, before I guess, I'm just going to say Sunny, the movie uh, that Nick Cage <laughs> directed, is not on Netflix, but it is... On Rotten Tomatoes, and it has a 23%. Perfect. So, okay, uh, leaving Las Vegas, we'll say, I'm going to say 92%. And what do you think it is most accurately? I think 91. 89. 89. 89. Uh, Close. Uh, All right, critic reviews. A lot of positive stuff here. Uh, How do I see all of these? I feel like this show just got really boring. It's just us searching things on our phones. Yeah, it's all good. We've been going for a while. <laughs> yeah, if anybody's still with it. us, they'll. Uh, As movie movie they'll live is uh, the 20th at Philomoka. Yes. 12th and Spring Garden. It's $5. Come check it out. All Nicolas Cage. You can't get enough of this guy. I know I can't get. <laughs> it, so, you know, you, you really don't want to miss it. We got Michael S. Watkins, Nicole Yates, Jackie Baker, and you. 
Uh, and we have and a couple of... I'll be in the audience. Boom, Mikey yeah. Garcia's yeah, going to be there. He's here tonight. Yeah. We will have a couple of really fun new games as well. Uh, one that I'm particularly excited about uh, where everybody in the audience will actually get to be involved and play along. It's going to be really fun. Uh, and uh, my phone apparently can't load Rotten Tomatoes right now, so I can't tell you any negative reviews. Uh, of, I can uh, get on it, but I'm actually... Too. Really quick, I want to see who Elizabeth Shue was up against for uh, Best Actress and who uh, eventually won. Gina Davis has to be on there, judging by the time period. <laughs> she got to at least be on there. <laughs> Let's see. Here we go. Best actress uh, was, uh, let's see, Elizabeth Shue for Leave Leaving Las Vegas, Sharon Stone for Casino, The Bridges of Madison County, Meryl Streep. Of course, she was alive then, so she was nominated. Uh, Emma Thompson for Sense and Sensibility, and the winner was Susan Sarandon. For being Susan, for being Susan Sarandon, for uh, for Dead Man Walking, Kevin Spacey. That was the year he got Usual Suspects Best Supporting. Wow, it's, it's great to hear the names of of mid to late '90s celebrities again. Ready, ready for this? You know who won for Did Best Director that year? No. You want you want mid to late '90s yeah. celebrities ready? Best Director, get ready to drink it in. Oh, that's Mel Gibson for Braveheart. Oh wow. yeah, holy what shit! A great movie. What was the Best Picture actually? Let's see, Best Picture. I am curious about that. Oh, Braveheart! Yeah. Boom. It was up against Apollo 13, The Postman, Sense and Sensibility, and Babe. The pig Babe, movie, The Talking yeah. Pig. Babe, big you guys ready for a negative review that's like kind of crazy to me? Yeah. So this is from uh, Jeffrey Anderson at the San Francisco Examiner. Uh, he gave it uh, a one out of five. And he said, an obviously safe, bland, overly pretentious reading of an ancient story complete with the stock hooker with a heart of gold character. Uh, now, a hooker with a heart of gold character is certainly a criticism I guess you could make of this. It has it. Uh, mm. if, you, if you want to criticize it for that, mm -hmm. I suppose you could. It's there. Uh, but obviously safe is insane to me in a movie that has certainly one of the most, I, th I think, I brutal the most rape scenes I've ever seen. And the most realistic, realistic portrayal of, of death by alcoholism I think I've ever seen sure, in my life. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I, I wouldn't call this movie safe, I don't think, by any means. There's also, like, some really frank conversation about sexual acts that, I, yeah. uh, honestly, I was very surprised to see in a Hollywood movie. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, even, even like, this sex wasn't a Hollywood comedies, movie. E well, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Still, the thing. This was this was like ooh, yeah, but edgy. It's not, like this not it's not like this was like not rated or rated X or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like but I, I mean, it was meant to be edgy. And in 1995, that was like edgy talk. I it's still edgy. It's still That's edgy, the point yeah, I'm yeah. trying to make. Like I feel like even in sex comedies, I don't hear them talk that um, frankly and and sort of grossly about yeah. sexual acts mm. uh, as as they did in this. It, it, they it just was, talked about it. Yeah, just literally. It, it was much more uncomfortable Matter than I think I've ever been. Yeah. You know. Uh, hearing someone talk about a sex act. I think it was a mix of trying to be edgy, but it was also a mix of like, you know, this was the, as I said before, the the erotic thriller era. Oh, yeah. Of, and so like this just jumped into like, the, like, ooh, eroticism's cool. But it was sure. kind of like, what what is eroticism in 1995? I don't know. I was I was 11. So like, sure. it's, it's a thing. I just that, mean like, it's not safe. Like that is the oh, yeah, weirdest not the comment thing. to yeah. me. I think the, the old story is kind of interesting. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. The old story is kind of interesting. I yeah. mean, in a way, this is a vision quest. Right. Yes. You know, he's yeah. just going out in the wilderness to do it. To die. You know, to die. Yeah. yeah to yeah. die and be reborn or to leave yeah. Las Vegas. You know, like, so that is kind of an old story. I think that's interesting. And but Bland uh, seems like a, a weird knock on this movie as well. It's also, it doesn't have a, 
yeah, it like doesn't have a clear cut happy ending mm-hmm. really. So that I mean that makes it unsafe. I'd sure, say yeah. I'd say yeah. bleak over down. bland. Yeah. Certainly not bland. I mean it's colorful and all this stuff is just bleak. It's it's dour. This is an interesting negative review. Uh, this is uh, Eleanor Ringel Gillespie. That's you gotta fix that name uh, at film. Gillespie, Scouts. I bet it's Gillespie. It's probably Gillespie. Uh, unfortunately, like Mr. Rubberface Terry Gillespie. <laughs> unfortunately, the movie as a whole isn't as good as it stars. In fact, it's a bit of a drunk itself, given to self-indulgent poses and poetic pretentiousness. That's an interesting criticism of it. I think. Say it again. Uh, um, the interesting part is the movie's a bit of a drunk itself, given to self-indulgent poses and poetic pretentiousness. That's accurate. I just think that that's the point of the movie. Right, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. This sounds like somebody who probably, you know, is the is the more sense and sensibility crowd than the uh, Leaving Las Vegas crowd. Yeah, well, like, here's a negative one where it's like, I don't disagree with this. It's just like that, you know, this obviously is just not something this reviewer is interested in. They just said depressing, dull, and dreary. I would agree. Yeah. It is yeah. depressing. It is dull, and it is dreary. Uh, I, I wouldn't say dull. I, I don't mean dull in the sense of like boring, but yeah. I, but like uh, I know. think it has a very sharp, like kind of like popping bright look to it at a lot of points. And then when it plays, like there's a lot of like shadowy darkness. I think it it actually has a pretty wide palette. I, I don't know if dull is the way that I would go with it. It's not even dull story wise at all. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very electrifying yeah. in a yeah. weird, simple way. Yeah, I don't know. So I would say bleak over everything else, yeah. okay. <laughs> which ain't bad. I think but, he just went for a liter- alliteration there. You know, what about this one right here? Um, uh, let's see. I laughed three times, which are pretty much the only three jokes that were not about bodily functions or substituting faux outrageousness for humor. Oh wait, that's a review <laughs> of Dumb and Dumber Two, <laughs> the worst movie I've seen this year. That was pretty bad. That's Yeesh. a contender. Uh. Oh, yeah, I guess, okay, that's a great segue into uh, wrapping up the show to what uh, we have been watching since the last we gathered for a 17-minute episode on Face Off, sure. uh, which I know we all saw Dumb and Dumber 2 because we all happened upon each other at the movie yeah. theater, yeah. Uh, and none of us liked it. I think I can safely say that. No. Uh, I don't even really, I've exhausted myself talking about how much I hated that movie over the last two days. Yeah. Um, so read Dan's review on Cinadelphia.com uh, Boom. Dumb Dumber 2 to find out how bad it is. And pretty, you, won a, you, you won a trivia question. Too. I did. I won a trivia question and I won the t-shirt. And then the next day I, I got out of my work clothes and like wasn't really planning on going anywhere. So I just put that on because I don't want to represent that garbage movie. <laughs> and then uh, that night I, I went to a different movie and I got there. I had my jacket on, just didn't even think about it. And I took uh. the jacket off and then I was like, I'm going to put that back on because I'm surrounded by other film goers and I, 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 sh- I shall be judged. I used, Although, to, I used to have that job in college where you work those screenings and you do all that oh, stuff. Yeah. So I always had in college boxes and boxes of those fucking stupid promo t-shirts yeah. all over for like... For movies like For Colored Girls Only. Yeah. I would have like 800 of them. I don't think that movie to... was called For Colored Girls Only. Because <laughs> no? that's, that's rather restrictive. I think it was just called For Colored Girls. <laughs> Specifically For Colored Girls. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, anyone, anyone under colored, not that, admitted. that last word. Not admitted without colored friends. like I just said it right. But yeah, God, they're hideous. I still have a lot of them. Dude, I would love a For Color Girls shirt, and I would iron on only. <laughs> and people would be like, is he advertising himself to uh, like the color? 
ladies. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? I'd be like, no, I just really love that movie. I love that movie for colored girls only. They let me in because I went with my friend. She's black. No, that doesn't play here? Okay. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think if I saw anything else this week. Uh, oh, I watched Cheap Thrills. I, I think that happened between um, uh, the, these two. Uh, and uh, I, that I believe movie, that was a previous recommendation of mine. So it was that's, a, that's a two thumbs up. Yeah, uh, that is a uh, I I. It is a good movie. Uh, I I have trouble recommending that movie. It's very hard to stomach. I think. Uh, huh. I I think. Um, it's probably. I realized I watched it alone at night. I feel like Cheap Thrills is probably best watched with a group of people. I feel like I might have actually had a little more fun with what was it's maybe the a little ultimate too... midnight movie. Yeah, I, that I, would totally play for I, a midnight movie. I think movie. it would be fun to be crawling up a wall with a group of people. Mm. When I was alone in my room, it was a little too disturbing mm. uh, to to feel like I needed to just jump out a window uh, to avoid what was happening on yeah. the screen. Um, it, it, but it's it's good, uh, and and honestly, the best reason to see that movie is. Uh, David Koechner is it could be one of the most underrated actors. Uh, after having seen this movie, I'd say misunderstood actors. Yes, yeah. Uh, after having seen this movie, I realized that David Koechner is actually a great actor uh, that is really doing some work, even when he's playing the dumb Southern character that I thought was the only yeah. thing he did. I love. I've always liked him. I've he seen is him great in this movie. Yeah. He's, he's like he's really not really whammy good. at all. Yeah, no. uh, yeah. It's cool. He he plays like a pretty straight character, and like I believed him. And it's the kind of thing where it's like you really need to believe him for this movie to work. Yeah. So it's like he really pulls something off in it. It's cool. I've got it bookmarked here. This is the one movie that I always say like there was a while where like the gross out gag was the thing like, oh, American Pie, he fucks a pie. The only time I ever came close to getting grossed out was in Van Wilder when they're eating dog cum filled donuts. But yes. even that's yeah. so ridiculous that it's yeah. crazy. Cheap Thrills has a somehow more ridiculous gross out gag. That is the only gross-out gag I think has ever made me feel physically ill. <laughs> but I do not shame it for that at all. I applaud no, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. done in a way that's so great. It's uh, Yeah, I, I think I would recommend it. I just, you know, f fair warning. It, it is a, a fairly gruesome movie, uh, both in what it depicts, uh, its story, its characters. There's, oh. there's not a lot... Um, Likeable, I guess we could say about it. But it's it. so funny. It, it, it it's is so funny. Tomatoes. It's very darkly comic. It's it's about as dark as you can get while still being a comedy. What's the What's the rating? Eighty nine. Oh, nice. And Chevy Chase's son from Vegas Vacation is. Uh, yes. Oh yeah. Um. Um. Uh, 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 who? Uh, Ethan uh, Embry. Yeah. Ethan Embry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Oh, what is that movie called? Dr. Nick Papa Giorgio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was um, in The Guest. He was in Can't Hardly he Wait. Guest. That's what he was in They. Wait. No, he wasn't in They. Which one was he in? It's He's in one of those dumb name. horror movies. Maybe it was They. Ethan Embry is a stage name. Really? What's his real you name? You don't say. Ethan Phylon Randall. Ethan Randall. That yeah. eh, that's not so bad. Uh, he was great. He was actually very good in it as well. Uh, yeah, was he good. was good. Yeah, he's good in the guest. Uh, didn't, yes, last, he was, didn't last long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, 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 uh, But uh, yeah, I, I think I would recommend it. I just, you know, be careful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would recommend the Babadook. The Babadook uh, is badass. Is that how that's pronounced? I, I yes, was pronouncing it the Babadook. If it's in a song or if it's in a book, you can't escape the Babadook. Interesting. It's okay. not Duke. It's Duke. No, it's actually, I thought it was Babadook. Babadook. Well, the thing is, they're all from Dan Under. Uh, so it's the Babadook. So it's Babadook. 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 And, you know, it's a <laughs> so little it might kid be Babadook. like, Mommy, the Babadook. You know, yeah. Dan Under. Babadook. 
Either way, it's cool. Essie Davis is awesome. She has wonderful hair. She does like this terrifying she performance. I just hair. wanted her to smell it. It was like <laughs> she just had like a great head of hair. I have, I like girls with good hair. Great and, head uh, of hair. Just great old head of hair. That's not and, out. Um, is it? Was that? Is that out yet? It was a Direct TV has it on demand, oh, so it is cool. it is available, and uh. I think it's. It was in Philly at some point, at, I think at the the Roxy. But either way, yeah, it's uh it's available. It's scary as shit. And it's it's one of those movies where like it's not like a high stakes horror movie. It's just a scary creep fest with a cool design, cool movie. Cool. That's one where I say watch it alone. I had I was watching it and I had my headphones plugged into it, so I was like, ooh, this is a, you know, I was getting like freaked Atmosphere. out. And all my lights are out. Yeah. And then there was a point where I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it not with the headphones. I'm just gonna use the iPad speakers. I'm getting freaked out. I want to be able to hear what's going on in my room. <laughs> if I'm dialed into world. this and then Baba Duke start happening, like you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to be like not ready and already have had this thought where I'm like I should get ready and then you know, whoops, made a mistake. You can't live a life like. I was scared. It was a cool. It was a cool movie. <laughs> do you, Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, uh, yeah. The one I was talking about uh, downstairs, which is oh, now people know this takes place upstairs, <laughs> <laughs> which was uh, Force Majeure. Oh yeah, Force Majeure. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it what, Is it French? Is that it's uh, Swedish? Swedish. Yeah. And um, I liked it. It was just very. I found it very funny um, mm. at times, you know, and other yeah. times it just kind of. It really drove home the point that like you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want in a movie as long as you make it good. Like that, yeah. it just like it felt like it tumbled down from the one event. Mm. You know, it felt like an avalanche. It had searing momentum. Yes, you know? <laughs> uh, or not searing. What's the opposite of searing? Yeah, it's yeah. snow. Yeah. But it, yeah, it, uh, freezing momentum. Well, think about this. Remember, this is something that I thought was so cool about that yeah. movie. They had like the avalanche starters just to clear the yeah. Like in the mountains, they have these things that right. it just clears that, them a little bit. That music, yeah, yeah. And so I feel like the movie was just like a that was a representation of that. A big happened, yeah. and then we just watched the yeah. fallout. Like now that, that, I that think was about cool. It, even the music kind of tumbled down from that high thing to like oh yeah. Then the lower notes, like mm-hmm. wow, very cool. It was a force sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was really pleased with the performance by Bjorn Jorgenstern. Was that the and uh, Virgen Snurkenstint? Uh-huh. No, I'm just making up shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, Bjorgen Bjorgen Jorgenstorn um, and Bern Vierland had some amazing performances. Yes, I, they were both. Uh, what was it? Matt's Fingerstein. Oh yeah, Fingerstein. <laughs> he's not from Sweden. He's he's, he's uh, Jewish. He's just a yeah, <laughs> Jewish porn star. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it was it was good. It, I'm gonna watch a lot, uh, uh, plenty more movies directed by uh, uh, Bjergen, Deep Flugland. I think <laughs> I heard they won like three Bjerni awards for that. They won like three Bjernies. Imagine if the Oscars were in in sort of like, oh no, they're the uh, Bjorns. I want a Bjorn. It's made of wood <laughs> and ice. <laughs> yeah, I just honestly I learned more about skiing from that movie because like I hate skiing. Yeah, and just watching that, I was like, mm, why they make skiing look funnier? I had a craving for some salted fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, some kind of sauerkraut fermented uh, side. Sounds about right. You guys want to go to the Brow House? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, that's there. not that's not Swedish at all. No, I don't know what it is. Yeah. 
right, let's lay uh, anyway. one last. <laughs> yeah, let's let's, let's lay one last plug down for uh, movie movie live Thursday, uh, the twentieth Thursday. This Thursday, come to Phila Mocha at Twelfth and Spring Garden, uh, and uh, check out our movie game show. It's all about Nicolas Cage. It's going to be really fun and funny. Uh, bring your smartphone and your Twitter. It's going to be fun. Yes. Bring your Twitter. Bring your Twitter. Grab your Twitter bag. Grab grab your grab your tweet machine. Pack it up. Pack it in. Let me begin about the tweet machine. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and, uh, check, uh, check our, our show out on iTunes. Uh, you, hopefully you're listening to this on iTunes. If you're not, find it on iTunes and subscribe. Leave us a comment. Uh, rate it. Uh, and, uh, find us on Twitter at I like Two movie It's with the number two, facebook.com slash I like Two movie Uh, and, uh, like us on there. That would be great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Philadelphia. That is with and F. Um, pass it off to Dan. I'm just going to do it this way. And literally anything that you need pertaining to me, which is everything pertaining to me, can be found from my Twitter, which is at Dan Scully, or linked from my blog, which is thedanscully.tumblr.com. You can connect to everything <laughs> else from there. And um, I guess check out supercrappyfuntime.com as well for a weekly update into the world around you. And uh, yeah, you can catch me at the best show at, uh, in the city this Thursday. Uh, that is the Raven Lounge on 17th. <laughs> uh, no, sorry. That's uh, movie, movie. I'll be there. And uh, yeah. Great. Don't want to plug your Twitter. Uh, you oh, my Twitter is at uh, Mikey J. Garce. I didn't get like a cool, my actual name. Yeah. I mean, I didn't either. Yeah. I didn't really try, but. But follow me on there. I tweet at at least bi-weekly. <laughs> yeah, it's about where I'm at. And at most bi-monthly. I've just totally failed to see the point. Or I, I stopped seeing the point. Yeah, I, I, I tweet from time to time when I like eat too many potato chips and decide, like, the world needs to know about this funny thing I thought about eating too many potato chips. Yeah. I want to say I'll put them on Facebook for my friends or, you know, write them down on a Post-it note and... and in my pocket mm -hmm. you know yeah show it to people on the street <laughs> <laughs> that's what you give homeless people when they ask you for money yeah free have this, tweet have this joke i wrote have this tweet yeah have this tweet yeah. <laughs> uh all right let's uh let's sign this thing off as we always do uh you actually know how to do this now mikey yeah everybody ready let's lay this thing down my name is garrett smith and i like to movie movie my name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. My name is Mikey Garcia, and I like to movie movie. And we know that you like to movie movie you because do. we you do like we like to, to movie. movie.